Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. Well, how about this? Now 13-5 for the Blue Jays in the top of the eighth. 13-5 in the top of the eighth. And the Blue Jays have runners on second and third, and there is nobody out. So looking to that, uh, looking to add to that already sizable lead in Philadelphia. 13-5 for the Blue Jays. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet, play-by-play voice of the Oilers and the Elks. Oilers preseason game on Sunday. It's a home game against the Winnipeg Jets. 2.30 for the face-off show, and the game will start at 4. The Oil Kings get their season started on uh, Friday. We'll have some Oil Kings content on the show uh Well, tomorrow and or Thursday, at least one of the nights, maybe both, as we get you ready for their season. And uh, I'm attending a little event tomorrow downtown. The uh, they're doing they're they're doing the Oilers jersey thing. There's the new Oilers team store Mm -hmm. in Ice District. And uh, four o'clock tomorrow afternoon, there's a, a little event to see the new Oilers jerseys live in person now i think Ooh. online we've uh, all seen these uh, online we've all seen these they're going back yeah. to the original nhl jerseys well the ones they've worn for most of their time in the national hockey league i know a lot of fans are mm-hmm. happy to see those back so uh, i'll go to that probably interview some people and then you can hear it on the show there you take go. some pictures i got There's a, question. a reason to follow me on twitter I'll, I'll tweet some pictures i've got a question Raising yeah. my yes. raising my go, hand up at the go back ahead, of Kellen. <laughs> Kellen in the front row. Yeah. All right. So the rumor online is that the Oilers for Jersey is going to take a well, shall we say, familiar look to it. Um, are we going to see that at the event? Uh, I, I don't know. Probably. Ooh. I don't. I don't know what's going to be at the event. Well, I know the jerseys are going to be at the event, so hopefully we see all the whatever <laughs> jerseys, the jerseys they're going to wear. Are out of jersey I haven't yes. dug around for the jersey stuff. Whatever they wear, I'll cover the team. I, I feel like there are people who are, and credit to my buddy Tom Gazzola, he's put out a lot of the jersey mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, he's he's dialed into that. I'm not saying that it's he hasn't done a great job reporting because he has. I'm not as into it, but I, I know my audience is going to be as into it. So I'll go to the event tomorrow. Yes. Fair enough. Remember cool. when we had Todd McFarlane on the show? We yeah, talked about that was designing an amazing interview. Yep. We yep. should run part of that tomorrow because there was some good stories. Yes. That's almost, that was probably over two years ago. Mm-hmm. That's interview McFarlane. Anyway. That was early in the pandemic. So, yeah, it was uh, April or May of 2020 you had him on, something like that? So. Uh, yeah, sounds, sounds right. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's uh, some of the stuff we'll have on the show tomorrow. 70s. And also, I don't know if we'll – I'd like to get somebody on the show about this. The at the University of Alberta, those crazy college kids, <laughs> they're, 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 they're gonna like when Homer went to university. That's a top five episode. 
Mrs. Simpson, Gary spilled his ear medicine. Like, so good. Curly, straight. Yeah. Curly, straight. Remember Homer with the, the pig? Anyway, I think Conan O'Brien wrote that one. Was that so the one where he was cruising around campus listening to Grand Funk? I think that was, right? Yeah, I think so. Grand Funk, Grand Funk, like that. So at the U of A, uh, this is happening when Friday, the 23rd. They're trying to break the Guinness World Record for the world's largest dodgeball game. So we may have to get somebody on to talk about this. Now, the, in 2010, the uh, the U of A Students Union shattered the then record with just under 1,200 players, 1,198. Oh, wow. But since then, this I'm just I'm just reading information somebody sent me. Uh, since then, this record apparently has been beaten multiple times. So they're trying to get the record back. Uh, varsity field, a dodgeball game with 6,500 players. Isn't that like a fifth of the school or something like that? Like, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Who's going to class that, tomorrow? That's be my question. Uh, so anyway, we, we may have to get somebody on to talk about this. Uh, world's largest dodgeball game in terms of the number of participants. So it's not the longest game. Like when they do the, the the world's longest baseball game, Brent Sake does the world's longest hockey game. This is the world's largest dodgeball game with 6,500 players. Well, talk about, like, if you're a terrible dodgeball player, much better. Just that you sound. Might not, might not get, were you just <laughs> playing the sound effect of a dodgeball? Yeah, it is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> just that, ta- that, that sound yeah. times by yeah, about 1,300, right 1,500, right? So. That's, that's awesome. Okay. So anyway, it's just some fun things uh, coming up. Oh, I didn't even. I said I was going to have four and a half storylines. I only got to three. Well, we'll have time to. We'll have. I think we'll have plenty of time to talk about the Oilers. Uh, Jake Vertana is another one. Uh, how well is he going to play? Is he going to be able to play that power forward type of game? Clearly, he's playing for a contract. As I mentioned in my response to Greaser's message in the last half hour. I think he's a long shot to make the team. I don't think it's as a long shot as Jason Demers. I mean, Vertanen was a sixth overall pick, had a couple of decent seasons with the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, I realize there is a segment of the fan base not happy with his signing because he did face a sexual assault allegation. He was found not guilty. For some people, that doesn't matter. They don't want him on the team. You know, I, I think he's a, he's an available player who still has the right to pursue his career, but will he actually be good enough? And I, I guess maybe, you know, I, I think it is a storyline. Will there be some backlash if, if he does sign? Because uh, I think there will might be some people upset about that. But, uh, you know, I think from a hockey standpoint, is he going to be able to play? I, I think that's a very relevant question and a big storyline for him coming into camp. So there, I gave you three. Uh, Broberg competing with Murray on the back end. Dylan Holloway, how's he going to look? playing with and against professionals in the preseason and Jake Vertanen. Can he find his stride uh, after going through that trial and being in the KHL last year? All right, we will take a timeout and then we will uh, play our entry music and run into the ring like a madman. And (laughs) Dave Cavill has an interview with WWE's Dolph Ziggler. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Bottom of the eighth, 
Phillies are batting. Blue Jays are leading 14-5. Here it is, the producer of this show, Dave Campbell, with WWE wrestler Dolph Ziggler. Well, exciting times here in Edmonton because Monday Night Raw, for the first time in 11 years, that's that's been a long, long time, is uh, coming back in, uh, for the first time at Rogers Place here in Edmonton, the brand spanking new Rogers Place. Dolph Ziggler will be on that card, and he joins us right now. Dolph, nice to meet with you. Nice to chat with you. How are you doing today? Doing fantastic. How about you? I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to chat with you, and uh, I, I'm wondering... Does coming to Canada kind of hold a special significance with you? And does it get talked about in the locker room that, you know, uh, is, is Canada one of those really, you know, cause you're everywhere, <laughs> you go everywhere. True. Um, but where does Canada kind of rank as far as uh, the excitement level of, uh, of, of uh, you know, performing in front of uh, Canadian fans? Uh, getting in and out of there is a little tricky sometimes, but <laughs> when it comes to the wrestling aspect, uh, someone like myself who knows the history and knows that Canada has created so many special talent in the business, uh, just Stu Hart's dungeon, but let alone the fans that grew up on that type of wrestling and knowing that the tradition is there. Uh, a, a few of us old timers like myself know that it is that much more special when you go there. Um, because one, we bounce around the United States a lot. We go all over the world. We're a global brand. We dominate, we rock, we go in and out of a country and back and it's great. Uh, but we do bounce around the uh, United States a lot. So when you get to Canada, it is, you know, three, four times a year. And it is special because, one, uh, well, you, the fans are happier to see you because you don't get to see them as much, especially in the last couple of years we've had a giant break um, from doing live shows. So now everyone's getting back into the mix, going back to it. It's almost like a reset where you get to refresh and be happy to be there. So even people like myself who have seen it all, done it all, 18 years in, you're like, ooh, Hey, we haven't been there in six months, or we haven't been there in two and a half years. Oh, this is going to be great. They're going to be so happy to see us. And then when they're having a good time, we take it up another notch and feed off them, and that's what makes it so special. You know, I'm wondering what it's been like the last two and a half years with the pandemic, where and you kept going when sports shut down and then slowly came back. But the way you did it is you went into a remote, or to, I think a training facility in Florida. Um, you yeah. had WrestleMania there. You held everything there and empty empty uh empty arena and then uh you bring in a few little fans and then you have the thunderdome which i thought was a pretty cool concept but then oh yeah you're able to travel and and get into full buildings again uh tell me about the two and a half years of wrestling in odd environments and now getting back to normal i mean odd environments is would be an environment we were in a sound stage no fans no noise basically you're on a movie set where everyone is silent and there's cameras and you're just doing your bit and you, it really, it really was hard to like have that adrenaline to feed off. Normally you're like, Oh yeah, they're, they're really into this and it makes it that much more special, but you have a silent room that you're in and eventually we got used to it, but man, it's not the same. We, you can play football without fans and it's okay. But to have that crowd being so loud, like at a Browns game or something, they're so loud that the other team's got to call timeout because they're feeling off. And you're like, that's what we're here for. That's what we get to feel. So we eventually got to uh, where there was a huge arena filled with like uh, people zooming in basically to watch yeah. on iPad. And even that was something. And we had some noise from them that we could feed off of. But again, it is not the same. Getting back into what we do 
not professional sports, but we do where we feed off of the fans. It was a, an injection of life back to us to go, oh, this is what I miss. This is why I do this. This was, this was my dream my whole life. Yeah, no question. Uh, you've been in the business almost 20 years. I mean, I, I looked at your accomplishments and I've watched you for, for, for that long. I mean, first of all, you're in the spirit squad, which is cool, you know, battling with uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels and um, getting thrown around and also causing some hurt on them. First, let, let's start there. What was that like? Uh, wild. I was brand new, uh, not very good at wrestling, uh, <laughs> was learning the basics uh, in school and was uh, in a way very fortunate because we did almost, I think it ended up being almost like a 12 month run, but six or eight of that off and on and on live events was with a rotating DX. So whether it was Sean or Hunter or Flair, right. we had two of those three on live events, which were at the time, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, we go, we get a day off, we travel home Thursday, I'm back on the road. Like we didn't stop. So I got this education, not from three old timers, not from three pretty good guys, three of the greatest of all time were in the ring with me, theoretically teaching me four or five nights a week for six months. Uh, that's like, you couldn't get that in 10 years of wrestling school because you still wouldn't have three of the greatest of all time in there with you. So I think me being so focused on learning and trying to catch up to everybody else who had been wrestling before me in that group and then being able to listen and learn from them, it's life-changing. It's, it's why my career is so great right now. No question. We're speaking with WWE superstar Dolph Ziggler who will be uh, part of Monday Night Raw here on September 26th here in Edmonton on, at Rogers Place. That's going to be really, really cool. But I look back on your career two-time world heavyweight champion, NXT world champion, six-time intercontinental champion, two-time U.S. Uh, champion, SmackDown tag team champion, twice Soul Survivor at Survivor Series, and one of those times Sting debuted. So that, that was, <laughs> that was, that was uh, you know, no small thing. Money in the Bank winner in 2012. And I guess that's where I want to go. When you won the heavyweight title, it was the day after WrestleMania. You cashed in against Del Rio, and I believe, if I'm correct, you called that like one of the best experiences of your life. I mean, the, I, I remember the pop on TV. I can't imagine what it was like in the building. Yeah, uh, I've, I like that you you got my list of demands for all the all my stats that I asked you to read off. That was great. <laughs> uh, I feel like you missed some college work there. It's kind of broke well, You are a three-time you are a three-time Division One uh, NCAA champion at Arizona State when you were studying law. There you go. Penn State, but yeah. That's, oh, that's Penn fine. State. Oh, Penn State. Gee whiz. Okay, fire the. That's okay, but that's. I mean, that phony stuff doesn't matter. Let's get some good stuff. <laughs> uh, no, it, it was um, because there was something special to that because I didn't win a lot and I had built up some equity and respect from the fans of being able to steal the show even though I didn't win too much. Uh, but I was a bad guy. I talked down to the fans. I fought their favorites. And for some reason, that entire weekend, that WrestleMania match that I wasn't in for the world title, they chanted my name the entire time. 70-something mm -hmm. thousand people. Unreal. That's It blew my mind. So, uh, And then that Monday, during that match, they chanted my name. And when my music hit, I was ready. I'm like, okay, here's the plan. I'm thinking, like, getting my game plan, what I'm going to do. He's hurt. I'm going to, uh, Del Rio's hurt. I'm going to make some moves. And when my music hit, I went to go through the curtain and it hit me like a thousand 
cats like hitting my skin was just the noise, this wall of noise from these fans. And it was, they realized like they were part of this. If they weren't so vocal for the last six months before that, this wouldn't have mattered. This have been some guy getting a loophole, stealing a match, getting to become champion and then take, you know, and then he's done. But it was because they knew that their voice was the reason I was fighting for the world championship right now. And it wasn't because the company was with me and behind me. I was getting beat up every week. I was losing, not talking and getting hit with my own briefcase. Not a great, not a great way to go, but that the fact that I was so good at my job, they willed that into existence. And when it happened, that match happens, it's like, I don't know, three minutes or something. And there are so many ups and downs. I cash in. I drop Del Rio. One, two. He kicks out and everyone goes, oh, no. Dolph always loses. He's going to lose. It really happens in, in, in that scenario because usually yes. the first pin wins. And then he kicked out and everyone's going, oh, my goodness. Uh, is this gonna of go? course. Only yeah. Dolph would blow this. And then we get <laughs> another one to where he, he moves out of the way and locks me in his arm bar. And luckily at a hurt angle and we went up and down with it. And on that win, uh, you know, I, there is a lot of championships I've won. There's a lot of stuff I've done. I've never felt the full raw emotion of myself, AJ, Big E, the crowd, as we all embraced. And it was a genuine, like, we did this as a team and not just myself, AJ and Big E, but the crowd was the reason that that happened. And that that's was- what makes it different than like, I don't know, this guy who wins all the time and is one of our guys and he's a 10-time champion and he's got the briefcase and he catches in, you're like, ah, okay, I wasn't supposed to be champion. I was told I would never be world champion to my face. Yeah, That's what makes that special. I love that story. And I, that was in New York and that's a tough crowd sometimes. You don't really know <laughs> what you're going to get out of, out of a New York crowd. And they just- Oh yeah, well, they know what they like and, and they're vocal about it. I also, I, I had a, I put the briefcase on the line in New York or New Jersey against uh, Cena. And that was one of the funnest things in the world because they love to hate him and then they hate to love me. So it was like one of the most fun crowd experiences I've ever had. One final one for you. We're joined by Dolph Ziggler, WWE superstar, Monday Night Raw coming to Rogers Place here in Edmonton on September the 26th. The comedy uh, part, because you're a comic and you're good at it. How much does that help you, especially in the, in the promo aspect of the wrestling business, whether you're a heel or a face? Uh, you know what? It, my natural demeanor helps me more than anything, but also they they kind of go hand in hand. If you're comfortable on the mic talking down to fans or speaking up to them, you're comfortable telling jokes, whether you're whether I'm really nervous about it, which I am, but you just have that if eight, after 18 years of me talking to groups of people and crowds and whatever, you're ready for it. So you have that when you when they feel that you're comfortable and having fun, they're having fun. So mm. I in my comedy shows get a lot of benefit of the doubt, like. You stole the show on Raw. Yay, this is going to be funny. I'm like, uh, I'm still trying to work it out. You know, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> you need 10,000 reps to figure out what your voice even is. And I'm at 40. So I'm way, way behind everybody. But uh, getting the chance to do that and interact with the fans and ha- being able to improv on the fly all the time is two thirds of our job. And then being able to do that in the ring and make things happen and then go out to the stage and then just do some crowd work based on it. Those things both go hand in hand and comics and wrestlers are very similar to saying you tell a story while you're out there, you feel you're comfortable on the mic, you get them with you, you get them behind you, you get them booing you, you name it. Uh, so I just love being great at my job and finding another aspect to make myself even better. Yeah, very cool. I know we're running out of time here, but quickly, uh, how often do you, uh, do you do comic shows? 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You're so busy. Like, when do you have time? So we don't have an off-season. We don't have time out. Before the pandemic, I just got into a little bit of a groove. And a, and a groove, by the way, is not a real-life comics groove where they're doing four nights a week, every night, whatever, and going up in between at the comedy store or something. This was, I got into, I think, six, five or six in one month. And I go, whoa, I'm, in, I'm on a roll. I wasn't using notes. I uh, was doing crowd work, just feeling comfortable. I got into a zone. It, it, you really, I go, and that was five or six times in a month, one time. And that was right at my last show. Uh, was in Missouri somewhere. And then we shut down the world yeah. uh, for a little bit. But that, that was just so, uh, and it felt so good to like, I'm usually pacing in the back, crossing out, rewriting notes, going over jokes. And I was just a little, a little bit more relaxed. Than, <laughs> and it just, it felt good. And I go, wow, if I could just get 200 of these in the next two years, it'd be great. And then we took a little break. So. Yeah, no question. Well, it's nice that we're getting back to normal. It's nice for the WWE Monday Night Raw coming back to Edmonton at Rogers Place on September 26th. Dolph Ziggler, thanks so much for your time and uh, look forward to seeing you up here. You got it. We have a great crowd. We have great fans. Uh, those shows are going to tear the roof off. Edmonton's going to rock.